It's our new series, one we're into right now. And honestly, this series is about the culture of our church. It's how we aim to do life with God and how we aim to do life with people. It's given insight to, to you know, our heartbeat, who, who we are, how we function. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, it's a verse, I'll just read it. It says this, it says, Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. I'd say that's a good aim. How about you? You have aims in life? The aim we're going to talk about this morning is that we aim to do life with the Holy Spirit. How's that sound? Sound all right? What would we do without the Holy Spirit? I'm telling you, I'd, I'd be lost. I think I'd go sit down right now without him. You know, we, we need him in life. You know, he's there to help us in life. And I'm going to start off in Acts 19, book of Acts. It says this, it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul having passed through the upper uh, regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said to him, We have not so much as even heard there is a Holy Spirit. What a sad state to be in, to be born again, but not even know about the Holy Spirit. I, I was reading a, a, a Barna survey, survey from back in 2009 that, you know what Barna is? They're a company that do surveys in the Christian realm and ask people questions about different uh, topics. And they're asking Christians, people that were professing Christians, if they believed in an actual Holy Spirit. And there was over 50% of them that didn't believe in the actual you know, person of the Holy Spirit. And what a sad state, you know, but, but that's where these people were in Ephesus. They said, hey, we don't even know that there is a Holy Spirit. But you know, the Apostle Paul took time. He talked with them. He taught them. He showed them things. And he led them into experience of the Holy Spirit. You know what? We need to experience him today. Are you out there? Praise the Lord. How about here? Are we out there? i got to swipe my thing so I can see who's there. Good morning, Jill. Rebecca. Praise the Lord. Um, Holy Spirit. He enables us. He helps us to do life. Uh, Jesus ministered by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, he was, Jesus was the Son of God, you know, but he walked this earth as a man. You know, he laid aside deity and he walked this earth as a man, empowered by the Holy Spirit. In Luke 4, verse 16, it says, talking about Jesus, it said he came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. 
And he began to say to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? The point I want to make is this, that while Jesus walked this earth, as he ministered, he did so in connection with the Holy Spirit. It was his presence in his life that, you know, enabled him to go out and do the things that he was doing. It's the Holy Spirit's presence in your life that enables you. He takes somebody like Peter. Remember Peter? He had denied Christ. He went back to fishing. He went back to his old life. Nothing wrong with fishing. I like fish. But uh, Jesus found him and restored him. And we find Peter, when it, you turn into the book of Acts, chapter 2, that Peter was, was changed into another man. Peter stood up, proclaimed the gospel boldly, not timidly, but boldly. 3,000 people are born again on that one account, that one day. See, he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is real. He's real. It's part of who we are here at Love Church. We're people that aim to do life with the Holy Spirit, okay? Don't be afraid of that. Don't run from that. Don't think, oh, I don't understand all that Holy Spirit stuff. Hey, wherever you're at, he'll meet you there. He'll meet you there and take you to a new place. Aren't you glad that he does that? I think back when I got born again. On the very first day I was born again, I began, you know, as I look back, I can recognize the Holy Spirit's presence in my life. At the time, I, I just thought, I didn't know what to think. I didn't recognize it. I was like the guys in Ephesus. I think these guys in Ephesus that Paul came in contact with, I mean, they had the Holy Spirit. If you're born again, if you've asked Jesus into your life, if accepted the free gift of salvation, I can tell you 100% the Holy Spirit is in you. But you know what? We can learn more. We can know him better. And, and you know, they, I, I didn't have an awareness of a whole lot of things when I got born again. But I look back now and I see the Holy Spirit was bringing things to me. He was stirring things in my heart. He was making things that, that I'd only heard about before. He was making them real to me. That's what he does. He'll do that in your life. Thank God we can recognize him. In John 16, verse 7, Jesus again, talking about the Holy Spirit, he said this, he said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I, don't go, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. Now, the context of this scripture is this. Jesus is talking to his disciples, okay? These are men who left everything to follow Jesus. They'd walked with him for, for three and a half years. They'd seen him, you know, raise the dead, heal the sick, feed the multitudes, have compassion, be moved with compassion. They've watched him. They learned with him. You know, some of them were up on the mount when he was transfigured. Some of them, you know, they all walked down into the valley and they saw him, you know, drive out demons from people who were being tormented. And here he is sitting there with them. You know, I envision him with a Love Church mug having coffee with the guys because that's what you do. You know, but he says to them, 
He says, it's to your advantage that I go away. Can you imagine the kind of thoughts? Can you imagine the emotions that were stirred by that statement? Here they, they'd, they'd been following him for all this time, and now he's telling them that he's going away and that it's going to be better for them. Well, you see, we're living in this better day. We're living in this day that Jesus called better. And how could it be better? It's better because the Holy Spirit is with us. He's with us everywhere we go. He's in us, he's, he's on us, and he's with us. And we, we, are, we are carriers of him. In John 14, verse 16, again, Jesus talking, he said this. He said, I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he shall be in you. You see, talking about the aims, you know, the target practice that, as a church that we have, you know, we have to talk about doing life with the Holy Spirit. It's part of what makes us tick, okay? We, we, we believe this, that the Holy Spirit isn't just for church on Sunday, don't get me wrong. I pray and I believe every time we come together that his presence is known, that he, that he sits on us, that he shows us things that we need to see, that he does things in our lives. You know, our, our prayer is that, that it's worth it to come to church. It's worth it that God meets us right where we're at. But we also believe this, that when, when you leave this place, he goes with you. We believe this, that, man, you're going out there carrying the light into places that, you know, we, we, you know, I can't go always, but you're there. We have an impact on this community because of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He's, he's a person. He's not just an experience. He's not just a, an influence. He's not just praying in tongues. He's a person. He's the Holy Spirit third person of the Godhead. I want to just take a few minutes this morning and talk about some of the ways that he helps us in life, some of the ways that he shows up, because I think when we do this, I think it, it gives him room to manifest himself. I think it, it broadens our, our awareness of him. I want to just have such an awareness of him that, that I know everywhere I go, I'm going with him. Sometimes I just like to think that when I'm walking down the road that, that, hey, there's light, there's life in me. The Holy Spirit is with me. I'm not alone. One thing that he does that I'm so thankful for is that he teaches us. He teaches us. Now, he doesn't teach, my experience has been this, that he doesn't necessarily teach like maybe when I was in grade school. You know, way back in the day when I was in grade school, the teacher would stand up there at the chalkboard. Do they have chalkboards in school nowadays? I don't even think they do. Eh, it's probably not. They have, they have whiteboards. They have, they've, gone, they've gone on. You see, I, I would miss the chalkboards because, you know, if you, if, you, if you had favor or if you did really good in class, the teacher would sometimes let you go take the erasers at the end of the day and go clean erasers. And any excuse to go some, do something different than everybody else was always a great thing. So I don't know, maybe there's something new kids do nowadays. But, but, you know, my experience with the Holy Spirit isn't that he just sat in front of a chalkboard and taught me, you know, things like that. 
But what he does is he, he comes in my life and I, I, it's like this. It's like he just takes and pulls back the curtain and shows us things that we need to know. He's so personal that he comes into our lives in ways that, that, that fit us and, and, and makes things understandable. In, in uh, John 14, it says this, Jesus again talking about him. He says, the helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things I've said to you. Isn't that amazing? He's our teacher. I love the part where it says he'll bring things to my remembrance. Sometimes I'm out on a walk or something. You ever have this happen? You get out away from, you know, all your paper and notes and all this stuff, and, you, and all of a sudden you remember something you got to do. And you think, oh, am I going to remember that when I get home? And this is me, you know. But, but I, what I often will do is I'll say, Holy Spirit, will you remind me of that? I'll tell you, if you're in school, and you're taking tests, this is a scripture you need to know. He'll bring things to your remembrance. You know, he'll bring things. He'll enlighten you. It's that, 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 that presence on the inside of you that, that just comes up. A thought comes in your head. You go, oh, yeah, that's right. Holy Spirit working in your life. John four, or 16, verse 12, it says this. Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you. But you can't bear them now. Do you know why they couldn't bear them? They didn't have the Holy Spirit living in them to teach them, to show them. It says, however, when he, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth has come, he'll guide you into all truth. For he'll not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he'll speak and he'll tell you things to come. Verse 14 says, he'll glorify me, for he'll take of what is mine and declare it to you, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he'll take of mine and declare it to you. Thank you, Lord. You see, this is what the Holy Spirit does in our life. He takes things, he makes the things that Jesus did. He takes the things that Jesus did 2,000 years ago, and he makes them reality in our life today. He's the one that, that you know, I, I remember reading the Bible when I first got saved, you know, when I was born again back in the 70s, and I'd read the Bible, and, and, and I'd come across things, you know. I'd read the Bible before I was saved a few times. I, I was no theologian by any means, but I'd made some feeble attempts to dig into the Bible, and I usually just got confused and put the thing down and didn't understand it. I remember reading one time in Ezekiel, and I, 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 he, reading about Ezekiel's vision, and I, I was convinced that aliens had come to Earth, you know? You know, he's talking about these creatures I'd never seen. I, that's where I was at. But, you know, then you get born again, and he's living, the Holy Spirit is in you. And I'd be reading things, and, and all of a sudden it would just have impact in my heart. It was like I saw it in a new light. I was like, wow, that's in the Bible. That's, that's speaking to me. It's a working of the Holy Spirit. That's him teaching you. That's him showing things. That's him taking things of Jesus and showing them unto you. You see, God's heart is that we know him. Did you hear me today? God's heart is that we'd know him, that we'd know all about him, that we'd become familiar with him 
not take him for granted kind of familiar, but that we'd know him and be established. You know, in the Old Testament, you know, I believe this, that all through the, the ages, there's people that have had a heart and a hunger to know God. And I'll tell you what that does is it opens up the door for him to show you who he is. But in the Old Testament, there's no doubt there was a limited view of God, okay? Then we have the Gospels. God sent his son into this world. And I know he sent Jesus here to redeem us. But another thing he did is he sent Jesus to show us who he was. Jesus said to his disciples, he says, if you want to know the Father, look at me. I'm showing you him. I've, had, I've talked with somebody just in the last week or so that said to me, they said they'd had some hard, some tragic things happen. And it had caused a, a, a separation in their life from God. And, and they said to me this, they said, Jesus is okay, but I can't handle the Father God. Somehow they had equated the tragedies in their life with the Father God. There was confusion, okay? But I want to just say, I won't go in to try to solve their, their dilemma, but I'll just tell you this. You want to know what the Father God is like? You look at Jesus. You look at Jesus. So then Jesus lives his life here on the earth, He's crucified and he's, you know, then raised from the dead, walks around here for a while. Then he ascends back up into heaven. What did he tell the disciples? He says, if I go, I'll send the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do? He comes to show us Jesus. He comes to show us who the Father is. You see, it's the heart of, a father, of our Father God. He longs for us to know him. He's moving heaven and earth for you to have connection. One of the big things the Holy Spirit does is teach us, show us things. In Mark 4, 23, I love this passage, this scripture. It's a bunch of Jesus words I'm reading this morning. Jesus said this, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Does anyone have ears to hear, let him hear. You see, he meets you when there's hunger. He'll show himself to you when you desire him. Stir our desire, Lord. Stir it up to know you more. Verse 24, he says, he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it'll be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Reading on, it says, For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Here's the part that speaks to me. More will be given. More will be given. More will be given. Who's doing that? The Holy Spirit. He's the one who gives you more. He's the one who takes things, you know, you come to church, and you sit here, and, you know, you listen to 
the tremendous preaching, you know, that's being done. <laughs> but, but you know what? No matter what any preacher's saying, what really matters is what the Holy Spirit does because he takes those things and he shows them to you and he gives you more. He gives you more. He gives you more. He knows what you're going through in life. He knows the, the challenges you're facing right now. And, you know, you get any group of people together, and there's just a wide range of challenges that everybody's facing. Everybody does it because we're walking through this fallen world. But the Holy Spirit is so cool because he'll take things and he'll custom make them just for you, and he'll drop them in your heart. Lord, thank you for giving us ears to hear. We, we take heed to what we hear. We want more. Show us more. I, I, I think of this because it made such an impact on me, but when we were in Minneapolis uh, many years ago uh, in, in church, we, we had a guest speaker one Sunday. And we had, we actually had Jim Caseman. Some of you might know who Jim Caseman is. And uh, tremendous minister of the gospel. And he came in and, and he taught on on marriage and honestly this is me I'm sitting there listening and I appreciate I believe me I say this with all respect because it was an honor to have uh, brother Caseman with us but in my mind you know how your mind will go sometimes sometimes you're glad everybody can't see what's going on in your mind you know what I'm talking about in my mind I'm thinking that doesn't I don't know if that's the best message on a Sunday morning to talk about marriage Thank God we're having a marriage conference coming up in, in uh, July. And if you don't know David and Tracy Holland, a lot of you do, I'll just tell you this, you'll want to be there. Tremendous. We'll have David preach on Sunday as well. But um, but any case, um, so I'm sitting there in the, the meeting and I'm getting things, but I'm thinking, wow, you know, talking on marriage on a Sunday morning, you know, maybe some people aren't married. Maybe some people don't want to be married. I don't know. Hey, there's all kinds of people here. You know, when he got done preaching on marriage, he gave an altar call. And that blows my mind, you know. He gave an altar call. You know what? There's people that went forward and got born again that Sunday. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit's real. Because he takes things that are being said, and he'll custom make them into your heart. He gives you more. He gives you more. As a pastor in that church, I can tell you the people that went forward that day and got born again, they stayed in the church. They stayed with God because things got done in their life. The Holy Spirit's real. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit is sent to help us, to help us know God. Luke 24, I just want to read this story. I love this one. I, I, I think about it in line of this kind of, of, of thought here. In verse 13, this, the, the timing of this is Jesus had been crucified. He died. And, and you can imagine the, the, the buzz. Can I say it that way? The buzz around, you know, that people were talking about is, you know, what are we going to do? Jesus, has, has, he's not here anymore. What, what's going on? I'm sure there was devastation. I'm sure there was a lot of emotion. I'm sure there was many thoughts that people were entertaining at the time. But here in Luke 24, verse 13, it says, Behold, 
two of, two of these people were traveling the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked of all these things which had happened. And so it was that while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and, and he went with them. But their eyes were restrained and they didn't know him. Isn't that something? Down, down in verse 27, then it says, it says, In beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded them in all the scriptures concerning things concerning himself. And they, they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, said, Abide with us, for it's toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went, he went in to stay with them. And it came to pass that as he sat at the table with them, that they took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. That's tricky stuff, isn't it? Then, then they said to one another, did, our, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road, while he opened scriptures to us? You see, I think that's a, it's a, it's a great picture of how the Holy Spirit does it. You know, he comes and he shows us things. We, we begin to see, these guys said, even while he talked, he says, our hearts burned within us. They didn't know for sure what was going on, but then all of a sudden they have that moment of, aha, oh yeah, this is what's going on. And, and then, of course, Jesus disappears on them. But see, that's how, how Holy Spirit works. He opens up our eyes. He shows us things in the Word. He pulls back the veil so that we see things that change our lives. You know, I think we need to have good theology. We need to have good doctrine. You know, uh, Lord, help us. But what the Holy Spirit does is he comes and he takes these things that we, we believe these things of, of theology and doctrine, and he makes them alive. He makes them alive in our lives. All right, another thing that the Holy Spirit does, that he is, is our advocate. He's our advocate. Can you say advocate? I'm just making sure we're all here. It says, uh, the word advocate, it means a person who pleads the cause of another in court of law, like a lawyer. So what the Holy Spirit does is he stands up for your rights. That's something he does. He stands up for your rights. Let me just say this. Um, I'll give you scripture in a minute. might be different than the one you got, Kyle. But um, there's two forces out there. There's the Holy Spirit, who's our advocate, and there's Satan, who is our accuser. And for me, it helps me to see the difference when I think of it like this, because the devil is our accuser. He spends his time coming around your life and mine and pointing the finger at us. He'll even try to do it in such a way that it'll almost seem like, you know, we're thinking about it. But he puts these thoughts in our minds where it belittles us, it puts us down, it points the finger at us in an accusing way. That's the accuser. The Holy Spirit, what he does is he points the finger, but he points it right at Jesus. Okay? You know, so you've blown it in your life. You know, you did something wrong, you got angry. Maybe you're a parent, you got angry at your kids. Maybe you're a husband or wife, you got angry at your spouse. We all know that's not right. 
You know, when, when, when I have things like that happen, I feel bad about it. The Holy Spirit doesn't come around and point the finger at me and, and, and jab me about my sin. You know what he does? He comes around and he points his finger at Jesus and says, Paul, Jesus paid the price. What he does is he comes and he points to Jesus and he says, Paul, Jesus has set you free. He says, Paul, there's a higher way you can go. Paul, you're in covenant with the Most High God. He loves you. He's on your side. He's going to help you overcome. That's what Holy Spirit does. You know, we've had a picture of him. We've got it mixed up sometimes. We thought he's been the accuser. We thought he's the one that's come around to point out our sin and our shortcomings. He's the one, though, that comes around when we have shortcomings, and he points for the way out. He points for the victory. He points for the covenant of what's been done for us. That's who he is, and that's what he does. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse 19, uh, the apostle Paul said this. He said, it was God. Personally, I'm reading this out of the Amplified Bible. It was God personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself. Not, not counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them. That's the work of God. Not holding up your wrong deeds, not holding up your sin, canceling them. And committing to us the message of reconciliation to the, rec to the restoration of favor. This is the work of God in our life. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Are you out there today? Praise the Lord. One more, more thing I'm going to talk about before we're done today is this. And you know, this is not an exhaustive list of what the Holy Spirit does in our life. These are a couple highlights. We could spend many, many weeks. We could probably spend till Jesus comes talking about the Holy Spirit and probably should, even if we don't label it that, you know, we depend on him. But another thing that the Holy Spirit does that I'm so thankful for is he helps us in prayer. You out there today? He helps us in prayer. In Romans 8.26, it, it, it speaks like this. The Apostle Paul said, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. Have you ever had weaknesses in life? I've had a few. Have, uh, he, he helps our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. How many think that would be a weakness? Sometimes maybe we have a stirring to pray, but we don't know how to pray like we ought to. You know, we don't know all the things we should pray. The Holy Spirit is in your life to help you pray. Do you know that prayer is a powerful thing? Do you know that things happen on this earth because of prayer? Do you know that prayer opens the door for God to do things he really wants to do, but, but he, he limits himself? You know, you think, well, God could do anything. He could, but he doesn't. He gets things done through you and I. And one way he gets things done is through your prayers. 
And then to make it even better, sometimes we don't know how to pray like we ought, but the Holy Spirit will come and help us pray. He'll help you pray. Let me finish reading the verse and we'll talk for just a minute. It says, we don't know what we should pray uh, as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I'm telling you that he'll come and help you pray. I remember years ago, we used to meet at our house every Wednesday night for prayer meeting. You know why we did that? Because as a church, we didn't have a building. Gary used to come to that and other people. But uh, we'd, we'd meet every Wednesday night and we'd just pray. And we'd say this before we'd start, usually almost every week. You probably know, Gary. We'd say this, we'd say, well, our goal tonight you know, is just to get in the spirit and pray what he wants to pray. You know, sometimes, you know, it's okay to bring prayer requests and things like that. But sometimes it's good to just have prayer times where you just want to get in the presence of God and pray what he wants you to pray. You know that many times, I don't want to embarrass anybody, forgive me in advance, but many times back in that day, I'd be praying, minding my own business, and I'd find I'd start praying for Megan. And do you remember that, Gary? I'd, I'd call it out. I'd say, I don't know why, but I want to pray for Megan. And she's sitting there in the back. Back then, she was a kid. She was just like, I don't know, 14, 15, something like that, a kid. Well, the, to me, that was a kid. And, and, and I'd just pray. And I didn't know how to pray, but I'd yield myself to the Holy Ghost. And I'd pray in tongues. And I'd pray for Megan until I felt peace. You know, and, and then all these years later, look at her. She's just, she's just doing stuff, and it isn't just because of me, but, but I'm telling you what, everybody's got a part. We need everybody to do their part. I, I, I know when my kids, I'll tell you this story too, it's about prayer. My kids were young, they, they used to be in a band, you know, and, and, and uh, they did that for a number of years. Uh, they were in a band, they called themselves Linden. And when I say my kids, both my girls were in it, and as a matter of fact, Pastor Stephen was in it too. And he was, he was kind of a wild guy back then, but, but we, we loved him and we prayed for him. We knew it was right. And, and, and uh, I, I, they used to load up this trailer. They'd have a trailer they'd pull and they'd pull, uh, you know, with, with the truck and, and they'd an expedition and, and they'd pull this trailer and they'd go on tour and they'd go places. I mean, they went down to Texas, you know, one time. They went to Austin, Texas, which is quite a while, quite, quite a ways down. Then numerous times they went to New York and they did concerts and things like that. And you know what that'll do to, your, uh, to a parent? Like Dane and I, it'll make us pray. It'll make us stay in a groove where we believe God because, you know, you're sending your little kids out on the road and, and you know, people might have thought, why are they letting their kids do that? We felt like we were supposed to. We felt like this is them, what they were supposed to do. And so we, we supported them in it. And, 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 but we'd pray about them and we'd, we'd lay hands on the truck before they'd take off. You know, it was like they had to endure Dana and I praying over them before they could leave. And we'd, we'd, we'd do stuff, but whatever. But I remember one night they were, they were on the road and they were coming back from New York. And I think, I don't know where they were, honestly. I think they might have made it up to Wisconsin area, but they're Pennsylvania or somewhere they were coming from. But uh, they're driving at night and, and uh, it was a Saturday night. And you know what I'm doing usually on a Saturday night? I'm sleeping. I sleep well. 
I don't usually wake up. I can sleep through anything, usually. I mean, when I was a kid, I lived on a busy street, and my bedroom was right in the front of the house on this busy street. There was one night when I was a kid that the, there was a bar at the end of, down at the, end of the block that, that uh, a motorcycle gang went in there, and they blew up the bar. And the whole neighborhood came out. You know what I did? I slept right through it. Slept right through it. I, I, I lived in Haiti. When we first made trips to Haiti back in 1982 and 83, 84, we would go down to Haiti and, and we didn't have a, a location. We didn't have land. We didn't have a building down there. So we would go down there and hold meetings in Haiti, in Port-au-Prince, and we would sleep in, 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 on the floor of pastors' homes. And, and, and uh, we had told Grace to do it. And, and there was one, I remember we were at one pastor's house, and it was Terry and Carrie Nelson and me and a couple other people. And we were, we were sleeping on the floor of this, this pastor's home. And, and he, you know, it was the best provision he could give us, okay? But, but as we're sleeping on the floor, uh, they tell me that rats were crawling over our feet. They had to tell me that because I slept through it. Everybody else was up. You know, oh, 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 I was just on the, I was actually snoring. They tell me I was snoring. I don't know if I really believe it, but they said I was. They said I was keeping them awake so they could keep the rats off us all. But, you know, I sleep through everything. So Saturday night, middle of the night, 1 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning, I, was, I woke up. And, and I'm just, I'm just, I actually sat up in bed. And that doesn't usually happen. But I, I sat up in bed. And I knew in my heart that I had to pray. So I, I didn't know what to pray for. I didn't, I didn't know how to pray. But I yielded to the Holy Spirit. And I just prayed. And, you know, Dana's laying there in bed next to me. And I don't want to wake up my wife, you know. So I tried to keep it down as best I could. But I prayed in the Spirit until I had a release. And I knew this much. You know, sometimes you only know a little bit. But I knew this much. I knew I was praying for my kids. I had no idea what the circumstances were, but I knew I was praying for my kids. And so I'm, I, I, I prayed for, you know, what, however long it was, I don't even know. But I have prayed until I had a peace on my, in my heart. Do you know what I'm talking about? That's how you do it. You pray until you have this peace in your heart. And then you know what I did? I laid back down and went to sleep because I knew I had to get up and preach the next morning. So I come in to preach, and, and I make a habit. Usually, I keep my, my volume off on my phone, and, and, and so if I get a call during a service, which has happened, that I'm not, you know, you don't hear whatever music coming up or whatever. But, but I remember that Sunday, I could feel my phone vibrating. And, and when I finally, you know, got a moment, you know, I went back and I, 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 I checked on it. And sure enough, it was my kids. What I had done, I forgot to mention this. What I said was before I went to church that day, I texted the, my kids. And I said, hey, what was going on last night about 1 in the morning? I think I said 1.15 in the morning. And so then I go to church. I'm preaching. I get my phone vibrates. I go when I finally get, you know, I'm done. I, I go and I check on it, and they're just like, how did you know? 1.15 in the morning. What had happened is they're driving down 94, about 80 miles an hour, maybe more, I don't know. But they, they, they hit a deer, you know. And I'm sorry to say the deer did not survive. He didn't make it. And all I know is Casey was in the back seat, and she saw the, 
the head of the deer come flying by her in the window. But what I can tell you is this, not, not a hair on anybody's head was, was hurt. Those kids were totally preserved. Uh, we did, had to do a few things to the expedition, but, but very minimal. Actually, we had to just put on a new bumper, and it was fine. It was good to go. They drove all the way home, but I'm telling you what, they all said, how did your dad know what was going on at 115? I'll tell you how I knew. The Holy Spirit woke me up. I tend to do this. I tend to walk on in life like everything's cool. But if there's something I need to be aware of, I trust him enough that he'll make it known to me, that he'll show me things, that, that I'll be alerted on the inside. And, and sometimes, you know, it takes him alerting me like a buzzer going off in my heart at night, but I'll sit up and pray. He's your helper in prayer. He'll help you wherever you're at today. He'll meet you where you're at. He'll take you to a new place. He'll show himself to you. Let me give you one more scripture. Let me tell you, this stuff we're talking about this morning, this is life-changing. I mean, Jesus is life-changing. But I tell you what, as a Christian, you need the Holy Spirit. You've got him. We need to work at being aware of him. We need to recognize him in our life. We need to lean heavy on him. Less of me and more of him. So in John 16, I know we read this first, but I want to read it in the Amplified Version. The Amplified Version, it says this, but I tell you the truth. Again, Jesus is talking. He says, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't, do not go away, get this now, the helper, again, this is amplified, the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship with you. I mean, we didn't even talk about all these things, but how many know the Holy Spirit is a comforter? How many know he can go into somebody's heart and comfort them like, like nobody's business? He, can, he, he hits the notes that, that nobody even knows where they're even there. He's your strengthener. He, he's your standby. I was reading Psalm 91 last night. Um, my, kid, my other kids were flying to, to uh, Colorado. They were going to spend some time in Colorado this week. And, and uh, we got a phone call that... that uh, They'd had a, a horrendous flight, and they couldn't even land in Denver because the Denver airport closed because of high winds. And so they had to land in Nebraska, and they were coming from Portland. So I don't know if you know this, but from Portland to Denver, Nebraska's not on the flight path. But they did that, and they had to land in some little airport because they didn't have fuel. And so they were going to hunker down there for several hours until Denver airport opened up and... So Casey, my daughter, you know, is texting us and letting us know. And so, you know, we're praying for him, you know. And what, what I ended up finally doing, Dana says to me, says, you got any scripture? And I said, yeah, Psalm 91. She says, that's exactly what I've got. So she says, will you just read it and we could pray it over him? So I took Psalm 91 on my, my phone and, and, and I, just, I just began to pray it like it was them, like their names were in it. And we prayed it. And one, one that stood out to me is at the very end of the, you guys know Psalm 91? 
I mean, that is such a, it's just like a gem. But anyway, it's talking about life with the Holy Spirit, really. And, and it's in that secret place. But at the very end of it, it says this, that, that he's with you in trouble. And I thought about that, and I thought, isn't that what the Holy Spirit does? He's like a standby. He's there. When you're going with trouble, he's there. He's standing by, and he's, he's right on your side. He's there to take you by the hand. You know, we're, we're not promised in this world that we don't f have challenges. Did you hear that? Christians, good people, encounter bad things because we live in a fallen world. But as we do, he's with us. And he'll show us the way to go. He'll show us the steps to take to move forward and to come to a place that lines up with our covenant. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message was a blessing to you. Yeah, hey, we just wanted to give you the opportunity as well to partner up and plug in to the church uh, by giving. So if you would like to be a part of that and help make this all possible, you can do so by going to wearelovechurch.com slash give. You can also plug in, stay in the loop with what's going on at the church via our Instagram and Facebook platforms. So love y'all. God bless you.